Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Utah Film Pod. My name is Josh Terry. I'm back here with Mark LaRocco, and this is the 50th episode of the Utah Film Pod. So welcome to that little celebration. Yeah, we've done it. Last week, Mark pretty much went solo, or or he went sans Josh. Yes. And uh, got together to talk comedy with Dave Ackerman. I was I was listening to the episode and thinking, man, I kind of wish I'd been been there, been sitting in on that one. That was a well. It, it was fun to fly to to be the host to play the interviewer because I haven't done that <laughs> yet. And and Dave's a pretty easy interviewee. Um, he likes yeah. to talk. He likes to be funny. As we talked about in the episode, he's a stand up comic and has a lot of opinions on movie comedies. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I mentioned to him about how we'd done drafts, like, for example, drafting movie years. And he's, he just, he said after he's like, I don't even know if I could do that. Like, I'd have to do a bunch of research <laughs> and try to look up certain years. And he, he doesn't really think of movies as much in terms of years, but he uh, has a lot of opinions on comedy, as we learned about last week. Yeah. No, it was a, it was a great discussion. I, you know, like I said, I kind of wish that I could have jumped in at certain points i was i was glad i have to say um now i i i didn't go off and make an official list of my own but i was glad that you guys mentioned peter sellers Mm. in your kind of honorable mention section because i think i think at one point i think maybe it was just dave who mentioned that he was thinking more of kind of contemporary comics Mm -hmm. um because it definitely seemed like your guys's lists were were leaned more towards you know the last I mean, they really, I think, zeroed in on people that are kind of of our, mm-hmm. you know, people that we experienced within our, our lifetimes. Right. Um, but I was glad that you brought up Peter, Peter Sellers. I wish, I know, one, one that I would have, well, a couple that I would have brought in that I didn't hear mentioned, um, uh, John Cleese, I think mm-hmm. is, of all, I mean, I think any of the Python guys would be, would be fantastic, but, but he especially has been one of my all-time favorites. Um, so I definitely would have mentioned him. And then, uh, I know that, uh, longevity was one of the, one of the criteria that you guys used, but, uh, even though he was only in a couple of movies, I think John Belushi was just mm-hmm. one of the all timers, but, uh, but yeah, no, you guys covered a lot of ground and there were, it's brought, brought up a lot of fun, fun memories. And, and I think probably a few recommendations that I haven't seen. I think there were a few movies you guys mentioned that I, I hadn't actually, okay checked out but uh but no but i think steve martin would have showed up on my list okay um bill murray would have been up there um i'm trying to remember who else well, now you put ben stiller as your number I, five i had right? ben stiller as my number five i mean it was kind of a, a weak number five i felt pretty confident with my four which i also had will ferrell yeah. i had jim carrey and will right ferrell. um right so it sounds like with sellers and cleese and potentially belushi john not jim would any of those crack your top five, or would you have to think about it some more? I'd, well, I'd have to think about it some more to say for sure. Oh, okay. But but when I think about my favorite all-time comedies, I mean, Holy Grail is going to be right up there. And so, okay, so, there's so, Cleese. Cle- so Cleese is going to be in contention. Well, and, and I think what's nice about John Cleese, too, is that he's done a lot of stuff outside of Monty Python. Um even fish, if you were kind of Wanda. well, yeah, like I was gonna yeah. say, Fish Called Wanda is almost like a half Monty Python uh-huh. movie. Yeah, um, but uh, no, I, I think he's great. And then, of course, Belushi is in like my all-time favorite movie, and so so I'd have to put him up there. Uh, but then, oh, what was the one I was just thinking of? 
Yeah, Peter. I mean, Peter Sellers, you know, almost just on the strength of Doctor Strangelove alone, mm. there's a lot of a lot of things to consider there. But yeah, so many, so many. And then, uh, I mean, Airplane might be, you know, like uh, right up there with with Holy Grail as far as all time favorites. But yeah, you know, because and you guys, you guys talked about Leslie Nielsen, didn't you? Man, um, yeah, I think I think uh, Dave did, and then I sort of chimed in because he's he was yeah. that sort of straight man funny guy that I mean hardly changed his expression. Yeah, and, and it was in that joke a minute mold of the Abraham Zucker right. people for, uh-huh. from uh, from like Airplane. But it's interesting those that that comedy. There was a little generation or a little era of comedy there because you mentioned. Um, uh, Okay, so there was Holy Grail. What was the one you just said a minute ago? Uh, the, the movie or the actor? The movie. Uh, um, Air, airplane? Oh, I can't remember. Well, there's Airplane. I know there's Holy or Grail. Or fish, fish Called Wanda. And there's also um, Blues Brothers. But there's this yeah. period between about like 79 and like 82, 83, where there are quite a few of those sort of classic comedies. Because I think oh, Holy yeah. Grail would have been in that era. Uh, maybe it was. A uh, it was. It was more like seventy. Oh, was it before then? I think is when it came oh, okay. out. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. Realize that. No, okay. the only. I want to say the only movie they did in the eighties was Meaning of Life, which I've never actually seen. Okay. Um, they did. They did Holy Grail, Life of Brian. Those were both in the seventies, and then they technically did one called a Now for something completely different, which was them reproducing all of their best sketches. I, I didn't know that. I haven't seen that one. I've seen the other ones yeah. you mentioned, like Meaning of Life, Life of Brian. Yeah, Holy Grail was uh-huh. 75. I didn't realize it was that old. Um, yeah. And uh, and Blues Brothers must have been about 80 then. Yeah, that was 1980. So John Belushi, I mean, he did have a very short career because uh, 1941 yeah. came out in 79. That was the Spielberg mm-hmm. one. Yeah, that's right. He was um, in that too. So what, what was it around 82 or 83 that he, he died? Yeah, I can't remember exactly. Okay. I probably, hmm. as, as big of a fan I am, I probably should know a little more in detail. But it was like 82, 83 uh, was when that happened. And he uh, he was in a couple, and see now I'm forgetting the name of the movie, but there was a uh, kind of a romantic comedy that he was in. But then Animal House and Blues Brothers oh, yeah. were kind of his two big movies. And then, and then 1984, uh, 1941 mm-hmm. uh, was one that was... Uh, famously not very successful um but then there was uh, i think continental divide i want to say is the name of the movie oh and he was in a movie called neighbors with dan Aykroyd as oh. well yeah speaking of and Aykroyd, and and would have been in ghostbusters oh yeah so he did die yeah. before 1984 you know we oh yeah we didn't i don't know if we've really mentioned Aykroyd and because he's not like he, he didn't play like he didn't carry a movie by himself very often Right, right. He's always either paired up or supporting, but he was no. He was always a very complimentary. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, I, I forgot he was in Tommy Boy. He's in the Ghostbusters oh. movies. He's in Trading Places. He's in. He's in Gross Point Blank. Yeah. Oh yeah. He has Spies Like Us. Yeah. I believe. No. See, uh, I yeah. I love Aykroyd. He's he's one of my all time favorites. But I would have to say that I lean more towards him as a comic writer mm-hmm. than necessarily just. I mean, his his performances in Saturday Night Live are hilarious. Yeah, I love I love his work there. Um, with with Ghostbusters, I mean, he because he wrote Ghostbusters, he wrote the Blues Brothers. Yeah, yeah, I, I that's a it's a well written movie. Yeah, he. Uh, 
I remember seeing an interview about him in writing that movie because I didn't know until just a few years ago that he he wrote it. Um, it was yeah. also featured in that Netflix uh, series, the movies that made us. So that yeah, so that was Ghostbusters. Yeah, that was in there. Yeah, that was right. so, that was so fun to see with the, in the theater um, or in the uh, yeah, Bravinal Hall with the live symphony. I mean, I really oh, enjoyed right. Ghostbusters. Right. In fact, we're going to see uh, an American in Paris in a week and a half, which is an older movie. Oh, cool. But, same same yeah. deal. It's going to be with a live accompaniment. So, well, you'll have to you have to report back on that one. Yeah, that'll be fun. I always a, like doing that. I try to do it about every year, um, and usually it's a classic movie. And they'll show Harry Potter movies and Star Wars, and but there's some older yeah. movies they'll do too. I saw the sixth Harry Potter last year oh, with the symphony. Okay, um, that was a lot of fun. That yeah. was a lot of fun. Uh, well, no. And one of the things I thought was kind of nice too, was that since you guys did a list of comic actors, that means that we're still going to have plenty of opportunity to go back to the comedy well for future episodes mm-hmm. and, and talk about, cause it, like I said, there's just so much to cover. I mean, right. I think you guys even commented on how many movies you had name dropped by the it, end of the It was episode. so funny. It was, it was almost like it was a, a lot. Yeah. It, yeah. it was yeah. so many movies and I was like mentally adding things to my list. I'm like, oh, I'm never going to get to some of these, but yeah. 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 Nice. Well, so, uh, so we do have some new stuff for this episode. Um, we, w- we won't be doing a comedy list, although I think comedy is going to factor into this. Um, mm-hmm. We have one big new movie coming out this weekend that I'm going to do a quick review for. And then uh, we're going to spin off of that into another movie draft. And uh, maybe I'll, I'll save the subject of the movie draft until after I get into my movie review because they kind of one leads into the other. Um, but yeah, I mean, staying with the comedy theme, uh, I just saw Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, uh, which is coming out this weekend. It is the third of the Ant-Man movies. And uh, Quantumania, my my quick take on it uh, is that I, I enjoyed it more than most of the post endgame Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it less than the other Ant-Man movies. Um, and I think I understand why. So, so the plot is really kind of simple. Basically all of the main Ant-Man characters, they all get sucked into the uh, quantum realm Right. So, so they're, so, I mean, that's it. Like they, they get, they get sucked in. Right. And And so they're in this total. Well, right. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Hmm. Uh, They, they get in there. So, so uh, Janet, as you know, people might remember the plot of the second movie, I believe was about, kind of rescuing her mm-hmm. and getting her out of the quantum realm because she had been lost in there when, uh, uh, when her daughter was a child. And so as it turns out, she didn't tell everyone that there is a whole alternate universe inside the quantum realm with different aliens and creatures and characters and stuff and civilizations. And so, so when they accidentally get sucked into this place, they're basically, it's almost kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy where you're just kind of out in your own, mm. you know, interstellar universe thing now. Except, of course, it's like all super, super small. Um, and 
the uh, the conflict is provided not just in them being able to get away, but uh, it's also that they have to face off against who I believe is supposed to be the next big Marvel villain, which is this character named Kang that if I remember things correctly, and I could be very, very wrong on this, I want to say that he was one of the main villains who emerged from the Loki series. By the end of the Loki series, he he was introduced. I could be wrong on that. I have seen so much Marvel stuff in the last 10 years. It's very possible I've mixed it up. Um, but Kang is definitely the main bad guy, and he has been trapped in the quantum realm because he is evil. And so once Ant-Man and the rest of the gang get in there, they have to face off against Kang and prevent him from getting out of the quantum realm where he will destroy the Earth and okay. all of the the big verse, regular verse people or, or, or whatever you want to call it. So, like I said, I enjoyed it more than a lot of, I mean, certainly more than movies like Eternals and, um, you know, even like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, stuff like that. Uh, I thought there were some, there were some things that I liked, um, the beginning and end, which take place in kind of the quote unquote real world. I enjoyed that. And the lack of that in the middle of the movie, I think is one of the things that hurt it because I think one of the things that's fun about the Ant-Man movies and, and maybe it's, you know, just my subjective perspective on this, but I enjoy the, the, the fun and funny take on a superhero who's kind of out of his league interacting in the real world and with a superpower that essentially means that he can be really, really small or now really, really, really big. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, and it's the, the way that that plays out in our known existence that makes that fun. Yeah. And characters like Michael Pena, who are, I mean, he, that guy is the secret MVP of those movies. Oh, yeah. He's and so he's not funny. in this movie. Oh, yeah. Dang. And he's not in the third one. Okay. And so, yeah. So, so the humor is toned down quite a bit when they're in the quantum realm. It still pops up here and there. But it's kind of like, like I said, it almost feels more like Guardians of the Galaxy or Captain Marvel or even one of the Thor movies when they're just kind of almost 100% out in some foreign universe existence. And so it doesn't feel like the other Ant-Man movies. No. So it's still fun. And Ant-Man is still, I still enjoy him as much. You know, I, I, I think he's a great character and I really, you know, I really like Paul Rudd being generous. I'm kind of landing around two and a half okay. out of four stars. Um, Certainly not a bad movie, and like I said, I think I think if anything, kind of due to the familiarity of the characters and kind of the just the the way that they still do at least is the beginning and the end of the movie kind of mine the 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 fun Ant Man vibe. It's still enjoyable, but when they go into the quantum realm, it's just kind of a big CGI adventure that doesn't seem to take advantage of ant-man's strengths mm -hmm. as a series okay. does that make sense yeah. yeah yeah i liked the whole fish out of water concept of it i mean he already is an odd kind of character i mean he start he's a thief right he's yeah at the very beginning of yeah. the first movie he's getting out of prison and 
you know, hooking up with Michael Pena again. And then um, I think the first one is the best one. Um, in fact, Absolutely. We just rewatched Absolutely. it this week. It's so funny and just so many clever scenes. And, and I mean, when there's a lot of, uh, when he, when he increases in size immediately is also really good. Um, right. And, and the second one, I, I liked it better than I thought I would, but I, I, I haven't seen the third one yet, but I'm sad to hear that Michael Pena is not in it. Um, yeah, that was, that was disappointing. That was, that was disappointing because I suspected when, I mean, it's pretty early on in the movie that everybody kind of gets zapped. I mean, basically what, what they find out is that, um, uh, half of the team, unbeknownst to the others, have have been sending a signal into the quantum realm. Janet Van Dyne. That's so. That's uh, um, Michelle Pfeiffer's character. Right. So she was one of the ones who was not apprised of what they were doing because she knew what was actually in there and who could receive the signal and find out. And so that's kind of why everything goes all haywire. Is that yeah. this Kang guy is in is inside the quantum realm and he uses their signal to kind of suck them into the, into the quantum realm so that he can, uh, basically use them as a way to get out. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like I said, it's, it's a very, it's a very basic concept. I mean, they, they get sucked into the quantum realm and they have to beat the bad guy and get home. And so it's not, it's not full of, of wild twists and turns necessarily. Um, it's, you know, not not a lot of plot surprises, but but it has it has some good bits. Uh, you'll have to let me know what you think when you get a chance to see it. I, I do think you'll enjoy it. There there are there are enough good things about it to enjoy checking it out. Um, but uh, I I would definitely put it um, at the lower end of the of the Ant Man spectrum. Um, but uh, but the upper end of what I've been seeing from Marvel lately. Which I guess is as good a segue as any mm-hmm. to lead into today's draft. So I think we're just going to do an MCU draft. Yes. Um, and you can probably guess right now what movies I won't be drafting based on all of yeah, the, I, I'm all guessing, the trash I'm talking right. about. Uh, I'm guessing Eternals. I'm, I'm going to lead off with Eternals. Eternals I'm, is my number one pick. I'm guessing yeah. you have no respect for Oscar-winning director <laughs> Chloe Zhao, who, who went from oh. Nomadland to Eternals, which has got to be one of the biggest dips in movie history. Um, yeah but you know what it's not even it's not even that i would disrespect her because i i did like nomadland i thought there was some really great stuff there it was just eternals Eternals was not a good movie and was kind of a mismatch i guess but yeah so uh so no suspense there well i I don't think uh anybody would have been expecting me to do that but how about uh how about we take turns and we we each go for yeah. go for five go for a starting five MCU movies. I, um I think you should go first cuz I think I went first okay. to the Tom Hanks one. And so Okay. Go ahead. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um and then I don't know I think that just for the sake of putting out parameters um, I wasn't planning on drafting any of the Disney Plus series, so it's just yeah. we're just going to stay with feature films. That, yeah, same with. Same um, and then I don't think. I mean, I think that we have to keep it with kind of the the MCU proper, meaning like even though the X Men are part of the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. And have now been bought by Disney as well because now they own Fox. I don't think that the X Men movies would be eligible 
Yeah, I didn't. Then, I didn't even consider them, but I guess you're right. Technically, if they're they're not because they are. Yeah, but they don't. They're never part of the well, MCU. Like when you when people talk about the MCU, I don't think X Men right. is is MCU, even though even though right. Marvel. Um, and that's what I mean is yeah. that I think by MCU we don't mean like any Marvel character. We mean basically from 2008 Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, yeah. like these this this recent era and everything that was made explicitly as a part of it. So that's a question. Is the Incredible Hulk that came out before Iron Man technically, right? I can't remember if it was I mean it was the same year. They were both in yeah. 2008 I think and it I was... I believe I believe that um Incredible Hulk and this this is the uh uh Oh, and I've lost the name. No, oh, yeah. The guy. Oh, the yeah. actor. Oh, um, um Edward Norton. Edward Norton. So um yeah, it came out in June of 2008. Um and then Iron Man came out in April or May. Wow. So I guess yeah, it was after I always thought it was so Iron Man came out before by about a month. Incredible yeah. Hulk. But I haven't seen that one. So that's not on my list either. I haven't seen the 2008 Incredible Hulk. Well, and, and spoiler alert, I wasn't going to draft that one either. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um yeah, but uh you know, and we can I guess we can we can deal with any disputes as as we go along. Um but I'm not expecting much. Okay. Uh so okay, so you want me to go first, huh? Yeah. Okay. Um I think I'm gonna go with Endgame first, oh, okay. uh, just just because. Well, so this is one of the things that I really enjoyed about Endgame. Um, I mean, for one thing, it's kind of the culmination of what I think most of us think of as kind of like the heart of the MCU. The you know every, everything from Iron Man on was really kind of leading to this movie, and so so it really kind of is the capstone of uh, of the franchise, the series, whatever you want to call it. But this is this is what I loved about it. So, uh, you know, I don't th- I don't I don't know that we really need to take the time. This this is kind of the second part of the Avengers versus Thanos series, and mm-hmm. and uh, Thanos definitely got the upper hand in Infinity War, and then Endgame is kind of the the rematch, you could almost say. Um, but without, you know, for for the sake of of streamlining the discussion and avoiding spoilers for anybody who hasn't actually seen Endgame yet. <laughs> the no, what the is way it, I would, like the number yeah. two movie of all time or something? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. The way I would describe it is that everybody shows up. Mm-hmm. Like, at the end of this movie, everybody shows up. And what I thought was so fun about that, other than just you know seeing a bunch of characters that I've been watching in movies for several years, was it reminded me of what I would periodically do as a kid with my toys where like I had my star Wars toys and I had my GI Joe toys and I had my He-Man toys and I had, you know, transformers and all that. But then Endgame felt like when I would just dump out the entire box of toys and just play with all of them, like mm-hmm. all of the, the universes overlapped and, you know, trap jaw would be fighting against Cobra commander. And, you know, just, I loved how it just felt like kind of a, we're just going for it. We're bringing in everybody and it's just mayhem and craziness. And it like the kid in me just loved that. And so, so for that reason, among others, Endgame is always going to be one of my favorite of the, of the Avengers movies. And so, so 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm going with Endgame. That's a good one. pick. That really was quite a movie. And I heard one guy describe it once. It was, uh, I believe it was Bo Burnham on a podcast saying uh, this sometime, you know, basically he had said that he had just seen the movie and he was surprised. He was like blown away that it was not a complete mess because there was a chance yeah. that trying to put all those characters together and actually do a story that makes sense, but is also mm-hmm. compelling and interesting and plays to everybody's strengths. That would, that was a hard task to do. Yeah. Um, to say nothing of just filming it and, and getting everybody where they need to be. And, uh, and just, I mean, a very expensive movie, but it made all of its money. And then some, sure. Um, I mean, I, I just the contracts of all the actors alone are, are just, it's a ginormous budget. So, uh, but it was really good. I liked it. Yeah. I, I liked that too. That was a good theater experience. Okay. Um, no, I, I think, I think that, uh, just like you said, just the success of being able to, to, create a, co- a a coherent movie with mm-hmm. all those characters was was an accomplishment it almost felt I, like oh go ahead no i was just going to say w- the reason i think that it worked is because even though they had all those other characters it was iron man's movie mm-hmm. like the the heart like the main thread you know the 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 through line in that movie in the same way that infinity war i think was a thor movie i think that Endgame focused on Iron Man, and that was what kept it together. I mean, obviously not in every scene, not in every every yeah. single storyline, but it seemed like I think in terms of like a character arc, yeah, it was an Iron Man. There, I think what they're doing too is they're paying tribute to Iron Man as sort of the guy who kickstarted Marvel. Yeah, and, yeah, and so it's like, why not? And he's such a popular character and uh, interesting character. And anyway. Um, okay, moving on. Okay. Well, really quick, I was just thinking about this because if I could compare it to when you read, when I read the Harry Potter books, I remember the first two are a little lighter and they kind of get darker and heavier as they go on. And then in book four, yeah. people start dying. Like they start killing off characters and it almost became like a, a sick game to sort of guess who Rowling was going <laughs> to kill next in like five and six. I mean, you mentioned you saw six and one of the major yeah. characters is killed in six. And so you kind of knew it was going to happen, but you just didn't want it to in Endgame. And you kind of thought, man, they've got to, there's so many, they've got to, and then they, they do, you know? And so it's, it has a lot of weight, a lot of emotional weight to it. And it sort of carries in a way the weight of like 21 movies or however Marvel movies there had been up to that point. And it did, I thought it did mm-hmm. a good job. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. My overall number one pick is a movie I probably mentioned at least 10 times on the podcast and it's guardians of the <laughs> galaxy. Um, oh, I, I, one of the reasons I told you to go first is I thought you would, I thought I should see if Josh will pick that movie. Cause I thought you might, but cause I love it. I, it was, yeah, I, um, I know it's important for you. It was, it, yeah. for me, it's, it was one of the most fun movie experiences I've ever had. Um, did not expect the humor. I think that was part of it. I remember seeing it on a, on a date with my wife in 2013 or 2014. 14. And I yeah. think it was around August of 2014. Yeah. And just like laughing the whole time. And one of the things I liked about it is I was already one of these people that was moaning and complaining about the lack of originality in movies, which we were already starting to see. And even uh-huh. as a kid, we already knew of like Iron Man and Hulk and Thor but I, since I'm not a comic book guy, I didn't know about any of these characters. So this was all new to me. 
Like I, Same. I didn't know who these people were. I didn't know it was a pre-existing IP. I guess I would have assumed it. Um, but I'm like, okay, Star-Lord. Okay, yeah, Chris Pratt, the guy from Parks and Rec. You know, like all these things are coming in and, um, uh, you, you know, you get introduced to Zoe Saldana who had already played in Avatar. She's been in all the big budget movies, apparently. Um, <laughs> didn't know Dave Bautista. I don't think I knew as I was watching it that Bradley Cooper was Rocky Raccoon, Rocket Raccoon. And so, you know, and, you, and Del Toro pops up as the collector, but just such a bizarre kind of irreverent sense of humor and even though it's taking place in all these different planets you know like nowhere and they they have such a funny chemistry together um Mm -hmm. and the joke just a lot of jokes uh i remember um yeah i mean kind of laughing the whole time and then of course the soundtrack which we've talked about before right i I still listen to it to this day i love it i love the volume two soundtrack introduced me i knew some of the songs but it introduced me to a lot of new ones i didn't know um, mm-hmm. you know like the the red bone song and 10 cc song and some of those ones that are just kind of like <laughs> i feel like they must have been staples of the late 70s early 80s and somehow just had to find a second life through a marvel movie in the 20 teens um wow. so and James have i Gunn, have i told the have i told the red bone story on this podcast i don't remember go ahead so so Guardians is always going to be really close to my heart. I think I might have mentioned before that it was the last movie I saw with my dad before he passed away. Yeah. Um, but uh, another thing that it did, another reason I'll remember it fondly is because it it was the first time I can remember that it took a song that I had a bad association with. Oh, yeah. And turned it into a good association. And And you were actually part of this because previously that Redbone song come and get your love i remembered from a particularly bad party that we threw mm-hmm. at our house when we were roommates and seeing that song in guardians was a cool enough experience probably combined with all the stuff with my with my family that now come and get your love is one of my favorite songs so yeah that one and others i mean they have the the blue swede song um, which I'm, I think is a cover, the the hooked on a feeling, hooked and, on a feeling. Oh, so good. Yeah, and I'm not in love, and uh, yeah. Cherry Bomb. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Just so many. Um, Brandy. I think Brandy might have been the second. Movie. That was the second one. Okay. Yeah, it was Volume Two. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a fun soundtrack. We listen to it a lot. I mean, uh, and it, and it plays into the movie, right? There's sort of yeah. Oh, very much non-diegetic so. sound because of his whole his Walkman and uh-huh. uh, it's funny. In fact, it kind of, I think that's why they opened. It was so successful. I think there was a lot of positive feedback on the soundtrack soundtrack. I think that's why they opened the second movie the way they did with little sure. group, uh, playing that song. Playing, uh, yeah. Was it the, yeah. uh, it was, yellow? uh, Mr. Blue sky. Mr. Blue sky. Yeah, yellow, yellow. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, no, that was, that was fantastic. Yeah. No, it, uh, I, 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 I can't remember. I don't want to just be repetitive, but it was, I was in the same position you were. I was not familiar with the comic books. I didn't know the the characters. And I, I went in with some skepticism because I kind of thought, ah, you know, Marvel, yeah. like they're, they're riding a wave here, but I wonder if this is the point where they're going to kind of overstep themselves. And instead, you know, it turned out to be one of my favorite of all their movies. So yeah. 
So I, I definitely endorse that one and, and wish I could have got it myself, but oh well. <laughs> um, so if you if you got Guardians, I think I'm going to take Ragnarok. Oh, I knew that it. one. That was... that was one. Yeah, that just I knew going in that it was going to be different, mm-hmm. and I knew that it was going to be funny. I was already familiar with Taika Waititi. I'd seen Hunt for the Wilder People. I had no idea that it was going to be as crazy and as irreverent as it was. I mean, I remember just sitting there in the middle of that movie, just thinking to myself, I can't believe they're letting him get away with this because it really almost seemed like a parody of superhero movies Mm -hmm. as much as just a regular superhero movie, because it was so, so irreverent and so silly and, you know, and and blended the humor and the action in a way that I think was much more successful than uh, last year with Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ragnarok just had a way of really kind of blending all those elements in a way that was really fun and really successful. Um, and it, you know, as everybody says, it, it totally revitalized the whole Thor franchise because the first two, you know, very, very forgettable movies – and and this one completely, you know, amped it up into something that made that made the character fun. It, you know, Chris Hemsworth was a blast. I know. And the funny thing is, in a way, it's not that consistent, but it's so much better. And sometimes characters just change just to make the product better. I mean, I've read that about, for example, like the Mindy Kaling character in The Office from season oh. one is so different than all the other seasons. And, yeah. and you could say, oh, she's becoming more whatever, more Americanized or more more Valley Girlish. And maybe like you can argue that Thor in Crash Landing to Earth in Thor 1 over time, you know, and then uh-huh. the Dark World and then the, the Avengers became more just uh, more funny, just developed a great <laughs> comic sensibility. And he and I've heard Hemsworth talk about this and he, he wanted he basically demanded this out of Marvel. Like he wanted a lot more comedy. And of course, mm. Taika Waititi was the perfect director to pair yeah. with him um, yeah because he, he, he wasn't really a funny actor i mean there was like i already used this phrase but sort of the fish out of water part of the comedy in the original thor movie is what made that kind of funny um, yeah that was my favorite part of the, of the first things movie. that he said that uh, were almost shakespeare in the park the way iron man puts it like yeah he, he talks like no one else talks but i mean by now he's he fully can just talk like I mean, he's just so good in this movie. And Jeff Goldblum is just delightfully right. weird and right. curious oddity, but also sadistic, you know. And, and um, Kang, I think the Taika Waititi played. Oh, uh, Korg. Korg, yeah. Korg, oh, yeah. yeah. Kang. Kang is the new the new villain. Phase he's the five, new bad guy. He's five villain or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Korg, he's a great, funny weirdo. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, I like that one. That was my number two, so... Was that? Yeah, I had, I had, I had uh, Guardians, and it was a close second. I mean, I was trying to decide between those two, but it's gone. I get, I get the sense that we are probably going to overlap we'll on this draft s- more yeah, than our others. We might. I know, which makes me think: Can I really get to five Marvel movies that I love? But we'll see. <laughs> um, okay. Well, what do you got next? So I'm hoping this counts. Is Spider-Man okay. No Way Home MCU? Yeah. Oh, I'm, okay. Yeah. All right. I know it's, it was originally Sony, and it was uh, and and they're, but you know these Spider-Man characters are uh, 
generally yeah i guess it is i mean yeah you have Iron well, man in the first one um yeah he, he i loved no way home i was just blown away by it i guess it was sort of one of those nostalgia feelings when you yeah. see those three and i thought it was cool to bring back all the villains and try to make them look like they did 10 to 15 years ago and stuff but for mm-hmm. me the highlight was the three the cluster of spider-men um you know inner the interplay and um it's not like i cared about the story that much it was really just you knew they were all gonna team up and save, yeah try to save the day or whatever yeah um but like i think my favorite was the andrew garfield sort of redemption arc um because yeah. of something he wasn't able to do in an, in an earlier movie uh, called the amazing spider-man 2 and then he he's he saves somebody, and it's like an emo, it's more emotional for him than for the person he saves, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I thought he was so good in that. He's I think he's a really good actor. Um, so yeah, and of course you get all the villains, and you, you know people can argue well it's just too much. Like Spider Man three, kind of too many villains, hard to keep track of what's going on, and and um, in this one. It because it's a multiverse movie, yeah. You know that's that kind of what's supposed to happen. Um, well, but the difference though is that in No Way Home, they're all part of the same story. Where with Spider-Man Three, they're separate threads and mm-hmm. they're all different subplots. And I think that was the problem was that you know because it was the Sandman and Venom. Like they did, their stories didn't have anything to do with each other. Whereas with No Way Home, yeah, there were a lot of characters, but they were all brought in because of the same event, mm-hmm. and so they were all kind of tossed into the into the bowl together, as opposed to just kind of bouncing around between plots that felt like oh, because I, I mean, as I understand it, the problem with the third Spider Man was that the studio was trying to force Sam Raimi to add characters and plot lines that he didn't want to. And Mm -hmm. so that's why they felt kind of disconnected and tacked on. Whereas no way home. I didn't, I didn't feel like, you know, there, there wasn't any confusion as far as the plot because they were all part of the same. Right. Core Mm -hmm. narrative. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I like kind of sort of the, the moral question of, well, if you know they're bad guys, even if they're bad guys in another universe, so they haven't done anything to you or anything yeah. to your universe yet, like, is it right to kill them? You know, mm-hmm. and so Peter Parker has to go through this whole whole rigmarole to figure out what is the right thing to do, but also, um, and then kind of make an interesting sacrifice. I mean, I, I like the the meaningfulness of the ending, but it's, it's sad in a way. Um, and... Uh, you know, it, it's not a it's not an extremely satisfying ending, I guess. Uh, but I, I thought yeah. overall it was a good movie. It was it was a, another yeah. fun movie to watch. You know, no, and it's and it's absolutely an MCU movie um, mm-hmm. because I would say that Into the Spider Verse would probably not be, even right. though it's again a Marvel character and it's also Spider Man. And then, like, I wouldn't think that the Venom movies would be part of the MCU because again, they're like. I think they're trying to tie the Venom character in with Spider-Man, mm-hmm. but it's still to me outside okay. of the so. But but No Way Home is absolutely, you know. I mean, we've we've got uh, Tom Holland and 
I mean, basically, if you got Tom Holland playing Spider-Man, I think it's MCU at this point. So, okay. so I will allow it. Okay, thank you. Go <laughs> ahead. I need to hear your three. Okay, so number three. You know, I'm going to go with Winter Soldier. Oh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Captain America: The Winter Soldier. This is one that you know. So, in preparing for our our uh, recording tonight, I basically took I wrote down all of the MC movie MCU movies and then divided them into tiers. Okay. And I was tempted to take tier one and try to rank them and then just go right down the list, you know, based on what was available. But I haven't done it. And I'm really kind of, I mean, pretty much everything on this first list, this first tier is fantastic. Yeah. And, and winter soldier was one of those ones where, you know, I, I wasn't a big fan of the first captain America movie when I saw it the first time. Mm -hmm. And it's still not one of my favorite, favorite, captain america movies but the more i saw chris evans character in other marvel movies i now appreciate that first captain america better because i i, I have more context for where this guy is going and what's going to happen to him mm -hmm. but even with that winter soldier just i just remember loving that when i saw it when it came out like it was just such a good you know it wasn't the first movie after the first avengers i want to say that iron man 3 was the first one to go back to the the individual movies, but winter soldier was just, you know, so it's after the battle, the battle of New York and captain America is kind of an established, you know, established hero. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is when he kind of has to dig into his past. And this is when it, we find out that, that Hydra has infiltrated, you know, much of, uh, much of shield. And I mean, winter soldier is, is basically captain America and, black widow versus this character from from captain america's past who eventually is going to become another avenger right because this, this is when we uh you know the winter soldier is is bucky mm -hmm. brainwashed bucky sebastian and, uh, stan yeah, yeah right right um robert redford plays kind of a cool supporting role as one of the now is he like on the shield like board of directors or whatever it would be. I don't even know what they would call it. I think but, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so he's he's in there. Uh, you, you brought back the uh, the German scientist from the first movie who who plays like this entity who is living in a computer, like he was uploaded into the Matrix or something. Uh, but yeah, just overall, just I think, you know, it's it's not... I would say The Winter Soldier is one of my favorite of the non-funny MCU movies. Oh, okay. And so maybe that's kind of why I'm, I'm going for it is to kind of balance out. Because I, you know, I, I like a lot of the funny ones. Mm -hmm. A lot of the funny ones are my favorite ones. And so so this maybe will kind of give me a little bit of variety and depth, let's okay. say. All right. Um, well, good. That leaves me with the one that was my next one on the list, number four, um, which is Iron Man. Um with our favorite billionaire, genius, philanthropist, playboy, uh, you know, the cocky, wisecracking Tony Stark. Uh, yeah. I, I, yep. I love the way this movie starts. Um, I mean, I really like the whole thing, but 
the 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 starting and the ending are just powerhouse. The very last line of the movie, you know, where it kind of comes out to the press, he's supposed to keep it under wraps, yeah. and he's just yeah. so proud. I am I am Iron Man, and then it plays Iron Man over the credits. I'm probably spoiling it, but I think most people have probably seen <laughs> Iron Man. Um, I, I can't imagine that there are going to be a lot of people who are going to bother to listen to us <laughs> making an MCU draft. <laughs> we should seen. probably just like drop all of well, the pretense as far as spoilers, spoilers at this point. I know, especially the now old that I'm ones, thinking about right? it. Because all the people right. that have Marvel right. fatigue, well, that means even if they're not watching Marvel movies in the last three or four years, they've all seen Iron Man, right? They've all yeah, seen I would think so. Avengers and Captain America. And I mean, Thor. that movie is 15 years old now. <sighs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, this. Yeah. May, uh, what did we look at? May. Yeah, it was spring yeah. spring of 08. Spring when, of 08. When that one came out. And it was a huge so hit. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was one of the top movies of the year. And I remember that year because that was the Dark Knight year. So that's speaking of the other, yeah, right. other universe. Um, so it wasn't even the best comic book movie that year. <laughs> that's true. A Dark Knight is better, but it's funnier. And again, I, I always, I tend to, <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm partial to humor, even in superhero movies. Um, Iron Man's got plenty of it, but it's just got a lot of, of swag and the cool factor is really there and you know oh could i be like iron man like he just kind of has everything but you also find out he's a little bit tortured and he gets overly whiny in the second movie and kind of i don't know entitled and just certain certain uh attributes go a little too far but in this one it's just the right mix it's the right balance um i agree pepper pots you know the gwyneth paltrow and um John Favreau, I think, who is in it, also directed it. Is in it and right. directed it, I believe, yeah. yes. So that was kind of his, well, I won't say breakthrough because he did Elf, but as far as like the superhero realm. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was just, it was so funny, it was so good and um, cool, cool beginning. I mean, he's already like this cocky sort of war profiteer and then, you know, uh-huh. he gets blown up, the whole convoy gets blown up and he's in a cave basically inventing the Iron Man suit. So <laughs> kind of ridiculous, but I just, I had a blast with it. And I, it's, I think it's the best of the three Iron Man movies too. So. Oh, that, yeah. I, I don't know that anybody's going to debate you on that one. Yeah. That was, unfortunately, they, th- there was a, a the, the law of diminishing returns, maybe. I don't know <laughs> I mean, how you describe it, but it, uh, no, I, I enjoyed, I kind of like Iron Man better when he has a foil mm-hmm. like i think i've enjoyed his character better in the avengers movies because he's to to me a, a little of the character goes a long way yeah and and i especially enjoyed how he played against captain america and so i almost kind of appreciate and enjoy them better when they're together because they offset each other so well and and i you know more so with 2 and 3 but even with one, I would say I didn't I, I didn't rank the Iron Man solo movies as high because I guess a little a little snark, not stark snark goes a long <laughs> way. Right. Yeah. But uh, but no, I mean, it, it really it was vital. Like, I think that because they got that one so right, that enabled everything else that came. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, my turn? Yeah. All right. You went with Iron Man. I'm going to go with Ant-Man. I'm going to go uh, with the first one. Okay. I, uh, I, I semi-bagged on, the, on the, the new one earlier in this episode. Um, 
and part of that is because I enjoyed the first one so much. Uh, this is this is where, you know, Paul Rudd plays Scott Lang, who's kind of one of these. I mean, it's it's a perfect Paul Rudd character. He's just this lovable guy who just kind of makes bad decisions, you know. And I think I get the kid is just getting out of prison, and he's trying to straighten up and fly right so he can be a dad to his daughter. Um, he's you know separated or divorced. I, I think he's divorced, yeah, from his from his ex-wife, and uh, and so in the process he gets recruited to be a very unique superhero because this this is a guy who's outside of shield right is uh hank pym is kind mm-hmm. of the he's alienated he's estranged from the rest of the shield people and he's got his uh pym particles which allow you to shrink down and get small as steve martin might have said let's get small <laughs> um, yeah. and uh oh yeah just just a fun movie uh we talked earlier about uh michael pena who plays I guess because he's like an ex-con buddy, oh, right? Yeah. He's like the friend that he knew in prison, hooks up with once once he gets out, and they're actually like roommates. And Pena's trying to get him to get back into bur- 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 uh, burglary and stuff. And he's just yeah, like I said, secret MVP. I would I would say. But, oh yeah, uh, so good. Yeah, Ant Man. Ant Man was such a such a fun movie, and you know, and I wonder if it's if if. Well, I, I could almost say this for both of us. I mean, I think the fact that we have chosen in our first, you know, of the first seven movies selected so far, we've included Ragnarok, Ant-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy. That almost to me suggests that, you know, if you didn't already know, you would know that we're not like hardcore comic book guys. Yeah. Because I wouldn't think that most people would think of those as like their go-to Marvel movies if they were really into comic books and maybe if somebody's hearing this who disagrees that's that's great I just I've always felt like by 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 loving and preferring the kind of silly Marvel mm -hmm. movies more yeah that that I was right you know violating some code or something I don't know well and we're not Mar and we're not like phase four or phase three fans you can tell right like have we picked any yeah I guess Spider-Man, No um, Way Home. Well, Endgame, Endgame was phase... The end of phase three. Th- three. Yeah. And No Way Home is phase four. Phase four, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So is, is Quantumania the end of phase four or the beginning of phase four? Well, that's what, I was, that's what I was trying to figure out before. Because I... See... I mean, there's no culminating Avengers movie to cap it off. Because that's yeah. the way they ended the first three phases. So I, I honestly don't know. Okay. And maybe that's just because it feels like it's going on forever. I know. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah. I, I have a buddy who claims he's never seen. He, he watches a ton of movies. He's seen a lot of movies and he claims he's never seen a single MCU movie. Yeah. I mean, tip of the cap, I guess. But I've enjoyed a lot of them, such as the next one, I'm going yes. to say. Which yes. is Marvel's The Avengers. Uh, ah, very good. That was sort of the first sort of epic, grand a Marvel movie I had seen. I mean, it's almost two and a half hours long. And there was something thrilling and exciting. I guess, like you mentioned, with putting all your toys together with all the universes colliding, well, this is all the same universe, but it's all the characters that we've sort of come to know and love, a few of whom have had their own movies at this point, their solo movies. Um, So, you know, you get to see the the interactions between Thor and um, 
Captain America and Iron Man and you know like that's where Iron Man you see that he kind of makes fun of everybody and mm-hmm. he gets starts to get under Cap, uh, Captain America's skin which much later yeah. they get onto a all out war basically um, and uh, and a you know Captain war, America perhaps. a civil war you could say hmm. <laughs> but Captain America is you know he's this earnest you know patriotic old fashioned all about sacrificing yourself for others and um you know, I, I like his, I like Chris Evans because he also becomes even a little bit more, I don't know, jaded or whatever as, as it goes on. Um, but he doesn't entirely lose his, you know, sincerity and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you, you know, Black Widow and Hawkeye. And I believe it's when we're introduced to Loki. Um, uh, well, we're not introduced to Loki oh. because he was, he was in the first oh, Thor right. movie. That's right. He was in but. Thor. But he is the bad guy in Avengers, and by virtue of that, it makes Avengers one of the best MCU movies because he is... He's an interesting bad guy, but he's more well, of the... He's not like a pure evil bad guy, right? right. I mean, he's kind right. of opening... He opens up the door for the other bad guys. And uh, yeah, but I... By the way, King, you were right. I, I had read that before. King is from Loki. Um, he is from Loki. Okay. Yeah, okay. I haven't seen all those yet. I need to finish watching that series. But anyway... I love. I, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't rush. There's okay. no rush, man. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> um. I, I. I mean, the ship is really cool that they that they're in, and a few of the things that they have yeah. to figure out together. Um. Of course, I. I one thing I noted about this movie is basically every Marvel character has mastered flight somehow or defied <laughs> gravity somehow in their own special yes. way, whether they're using just an ability to jump 500 feet or Mjolnir right. the hammer or an Iron Man suit or they all have some way of just like flying. It's kind of funny. Uh-huh. Like, um, and then of course, you know, it ends with a bunch of big things crashing into other big things and half of New York getting destroyed. And so, you know, it's kind of one of the endings that I, I get kind of annoyed with, with superhero movies, but overall so many good one-liners and just yeah. good action set pieces. Um, so I, I liked it quite a bit. And and that was that was one that I had in my first tier, and oh. and I was I was debating, I was debating whether to pick that one over Endgame, just mm-hmm. because it is such a great movie. I mean, it was really genuinely, and and in the way that Endgame tried to bring everything together, I think Avengers was, you know, it, it also kind of gathered everything that we had seen up until that point. But it was a lot more streamlined because we hadn't seen as much, and so it does feel like a like a tighter movie, mm-hmm. you know, um, with with all kinds of great moments. In fact, I and maybe again, maybe this is just kind of a dig at the bad guys or the quality or the lack thereof. But but one of the things I enjoyed the most about the first Avengers movies was how the real main conflict was between themselves. Like it mm-hmm. was about they had to get over their their own differences before they could take on Loki and the, you know, the CGI horde. Um, And that, that, that made it interesting that, that made it fun and engaging. And, and uh, of course, like you say, I mean, that it continued to play out in in coming movies and, you know, maybe it wouldn't have been as much of a standout if the, the, the main villains were more engaging, but uh but that that I I I specifically remember coming away from Avengers thinking one of the most interesting parts of this is how 
it's really about them fighting each other mm-hmm. um, instead of just kind of teaming up and being the super buddies from the beginning, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, well, that leaves one movie left on my tier one that I'm going to take for my fifth choice, fifth and final choice. And I, I put this one off a little bit because I figured since you chose another movie in the series that I'd be able to, uh, that you weren't going to go for two. Um, I'm going to take Spider-Man Homecoming okay. as, my, as my final one. I adored this movie. I thought it was so much fun. Uh, I think it had me hooked from the moment they played Blitzkrieg Bop from the Ramones over the opening credits. Okay. Um, a band from Queens, just like Peter Parker's from Queens. And and it was a good movie, too. I mean, it wasn't just because I like the soundtrack, but, like, I, you know, I really enjoyed Tommy McGuire's Spider-Man movies, you know, especially those first two were really fantastic. Um, you know, I, I like Andrew Garfield as an actor. I wasn't really crazy about his Spider-Man amazing Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't necessarily blame it on him. I don't think it was really, you know, I don't think it was the his whole, problem. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. But, but Tom Holland, it's a, as soon as he showed up in civil war, it just felt like, yeah, this is Spider-Man. This mm-hmm. is, this is the one that we've can kind of been waiting for. Like he really feels like the best fit. Um, again, not that I'm really well versed in the, in the character or anything like that, but, um, but I've really, I've really enjoyed his, his performance and, and homecoming was, was a blast. You know, it was just, you know, all the, all the supporting characters are, are a lot of fun and, uh, you know, kind of the way it connects back in with, uh, the greater MCU mm-hmm. was, you know, just kind of the lessons he has to learn as he's kind of, you know, putting things in context and he kind of has his own little world that he's trying to take care of and, trying to reconcile how he plugs into the bigger, the bigger picture. And it's, it's, it's an origin story without being an origin story because he's already kind of got all of his powers when we first meet him. And, uh, there's, there's no spider bite. I, yeah. I believe, I don't think that they ever had any kind of, I don't think they've even done any flashbacks with, with Tom Holland to, you know, it, it basically just kind of shows that he's already like this internet, viral sensation of like some guy and mm-hmm. you know in his in his, Your his crappy neighborhood spider yeah 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 but yeah so that's my that's my fifth choice yeah so I, uh i love the casting of that by the way because i think peter parker yeah. has to be kind of a he definitely has to look like a high schooler not yeah. be like super buff you know muscular guy he's right. he's always an, been an acrobat at heart you know like all these peter parkers have to be um, yeah. The way that they move and and they have to just look young. I mean, Tom Holland is one of these guys that he can be thirty and look like he's twenty. You know, <laughs> I think he is um, by now. <laughs> he probably is, right? He's probably in his early thirties. But anyway, um, yeah. So okay, yeah. For me, I kind of I think I filled up my first tier. <laughs> if you're if we're okay. gonna do tiers, um, I uh, I had I did have Thor Ragnarok, so I sort of had a pretty solid top five. I guess I could okay. say. Um, Oh, by the way, Holland's 26. Wow, he's still very young. Um, okay. okay, so I am going to go with, I think I'm going to go with uh, Black Panther. Okay. Um, I, I did like that quite a bit. I It was a, uh, there's another, I mean, Endgame is close. The ending is so shocking of that movie. Or not Endgame, Infinity War. Oh, Infinity War, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, 
but I guess just for the incomplete uh, incompletion of it all, it's just not a complete movie because it's more of a two movie series. I, I'm going to go ahead and pick Black yeah. Panther, and we already have picked several Avengers movies. Um, I it was cool. I mean, I I didn't know that character either. I know that was a, that was a, a known character, but um, right. and it was a big deal. I remember reading a lot of articles about this too of how important this was to the black community and how some people just they rented out theaters for their, you know, their neighborhoods to see it. And it was just huge for people to be able to see like a, a black superhero. That's not just like a diversity hire, but is meant to be black. Right. It's a, it's a black man. And, um, and it was well done. It was luckily that it was well done. It was Ryan Coogler who was, who directed uh-huh. it, who also did Creed, um, and I think he did Fruitvale Station, but I can't remember. Yeah, that did sounds he? right. I think yeah. you're right. I think you're right. Oh, yeah. That was so good. And then and Michael B. Jordan's in, in all three of those because he plays Killmonger in this one. That's right. Um, and, and I liked the motivations, too, of this villain because, again, this is sort of a sympathetic villain. It's not a just kind of like they did in the second Black Panther, honestly, in Wakanda Forever. But it's not just a pure evil villain, right? Like they just... right. They don't, you know, some villains that they create just to be complete maniacs, you know, agent of chaos, somebody that is maybe like, you're not supposed to sympathize with them at all, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think in this one, there is some sympathy there. Um, Of course, I love the tech of Wakanda, everything that's controlled by Shuri, you know, his sister, and uh, the use of vibranium. And, And again, we sort of talked about like, you know, the moral quandary of of say the uh, uh, um, I can't remember what we, one of the movies we had, we'd gone over a little bit um, and uh, but in this one I think it's like if you had a a substance or a, a mineral that could you know save the world in some ways well what obligation do you have to share it and and what risk could you bring to your own people by inviting outsiders or foreigners in, you know, mm. and, you know, how much of an obligation do you have to your own people versus everyone else? Um, and that's kind of one of the the debates that goes on between T'Challa, King T'Challa, and Killmonger. Um, and, you know, again, the movie sort of ends with a, a big old battle scene. Uh, so right. it's not super creative, I guess. Uh, but, but... Yeah, I, I I liked it. it nice, pretty cool. Yeah, no, there were. I mean, I think by limiting ourselves to five choices out of all of them, you know, we're we're gonna. There's, I mean, there's still plenty of other good ones to choose from, right? What would they, you if you had an honorable mention, one or two? What what would you, if I was if I was gonna go there? for one more? Man. Well, didn't you say you had seven in your tier one? Yeah. So, so all five of my choices came out of my first tier. Oh, okay. And the only ones that I didn't get were the first Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, okay. So you, and, and, yeah. and Guardians of the Galaxy is the only one I can say for sure I would have chosen if you hadn't. Um, okay. Tier two, you chose you chose two movies that I had in my second tier. Iron Man and Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, but then, of course, like I said, I didn't have to choose any from that tier. And so if I was going to pick one more, 
man, it either would have been Avengers Infinity War, Captain America Civil War, the first Captain America, which again, like I said, I really mm-hmm. only enjoy now because of the movies that followed. Um, Guardians 2 which wasn't anywhere close to as good as the first Guardians, but would still allow me to kind of have it on my list because I have a fondness for the series. Um, And then, you know, I put Age of Ultron on Tier 2, but I almost wonder if I would bump it down to Tier 3 as I'm thinking about it. I mean, I really enjoyed it at the time, and Mm -hmm. I still think it's a good movie, but it hasn't aged as well as I think some of the other ones. Um yeah, so probably, I mean, those those are the ones that I considered but didn't yeah. didn't rise to the top. How about you? I, I agree with all those. I, I don't really have a strong preference of any of those you mentioned. I mean, I think I liked Thor probably more than you did. But I, and Ant-Man the and the one? Wasp, yeah, Thor. And Ant-Man and the Wasp, surprisingly, was way more enjoyable than I remember. Because I, re- I rewatched it again a few yeah. weeks ago. And I, I thought it was it was quite almost as witty as the first one i guess i mean it's really funny and uh anyway yeah i i here here's a question and um okay real quick because we okay. talked about how we don't really love this phase as much right and we, we saw a lot sure. of the marvel movies from 2022 if you were forced to pick a 2022 marvel movie what would you pick a 2022 marvel so so we're thinking about Basically, love and Thunder, I think it's Love and Thunder, Multiverse, Multiverse of Madness, and Wakanda Forever. And okay, because they're so different, oh, right? Man. They're all like yeah. their own little genres. They're all they're almost like wow. Just they're they're way different than each other. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't dislike Wakanda Forever, but it's <laughs> definitely not one of my favorite movies i mean it it really felt like i felt like with wakanda they were trying to make the best of a difficult situation Mm -hmm. because i don't think it was a movie that was intended to be what it was it was intended to be the next black panther movie but since you know chadwick boseman passed away they kind of had to revamp it and that's what wakanda forever became yeah um so i respect and and sympathize with the situation, but I I you know, I I don't see myself rewatching that movie. Um, I think of all of them, the one I might be most likely to rewatch would be Love and Thunder, but I'm not holding my breath either, you know, because I I liked, I liked a lot of the parts of Love and Thunder, but I didn't feel like they came together nearly as well as they did in Ragnarok. And so where Ragnarok is one of my top favorite MCU movies, Love and Thunder, I think if I just want to watch something different that I haven't seen several times, that's mm-hmm. why that's, that's what will lead me to watch that one. And, and if 2022, I mean, if we're just talking about phase four, I would probably say something like, like you did, I would say like no way home. Mm-hmm. would probably be the best one yeah um but yeah yeah it's kind of tough i mean even my tier three are, are a lot of movies that i wasn't very enthusiastic about they're just kind of you know they're yeah. there 
Yeah. And I liked them better than the ones in tier four. And so <laughs> I forgot, you know, I think for me, a strong tier two is Dr. Strange. I sort of forgot about that one. Yeah. Um, that would be pretty high on the list. I, that probably would even be in my, if we did another five on this draft, I, I would probably draft that one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I laughed the most at love and thunder, but really it was those goats <laughs> and it was, the movie was so uneven in some ways. Right. Um, Thor or, or Gore, Gore the God Butcher almost felt like he was in a different movie at times. Uh, yeah. And then that whole forced sort of renewed, I guess, love story with Thor. I mean, they, they I think they had to make him be kind of lovesick at the beginning to make the movie work, even though it didn't seem like he was in the, uh, the last two, last couple of Avengers movies. Um, anyway, it was a different, it was weird. It was almost more effortful than effortless you know like just the the effortless weird comedy of thor ragnarok i felt like he wanted to recreate the magic of ragnarok and just couldn't do it because it was still right. taika waititi uh, right so and then we talked about how doctor strange 2 was like a horror movie wakanda forever you know yeah it was a respectful tribute to chadwick mm -hmm. boseman but it just wasn't a great movie yeah. So yeah, it's hard to pick one. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess I would. No, it's just it's been a hard stretch. Yeah. You know, and it's it it's been very unfocused, and you know, there I still. I don't know if this is a fair way to put it, but it kind of feels like a lot of the the post Endgame movies are a little bit like Temple of Doom. Where you get the feeling like if this just came out by itself, people would just enjoy it for what it is, mm -hmm. you know, like, like something like Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, perfectly good movie, fun movie, has some nice elements and stuff, but it's just like, well, compared to a lot of what we were getting from MCU stuff earlier, this just isn't as good. You know, mm -hmm. it's fun, but it doesn't, and it, and it really doesn't feel like it plugs into that world. Yeah. I mean, it barely feels connected to, I mean, I think they have, uh, they have one of the Dr. Strange characters show up at the very end. Otherwise it's like, well, what does this have to do with the MCU? Mm -hmm. Um, and so kind of in the same way that, you know, I, I think that the temple of doom was perfectly fine on its own. It was not a great movie, but it was a perfectly good movie and, and a fun movie, but it just, it just suffers because it's of its association with, all, a couple of all-time great movies mm -hmm. and and they did so well with that whole kaleidoscope you know cluster constellation of of mcu movies <laughs> that led to endgame that that now they just don't fit yeah. they're just kind of oh yeah and then we've got some of these other movies as well yeah and you yeah, know. you kind of wonder: Is this? Are, are these phases going to ever end? I mean, are they? Because one by one, you know, the actors are going to have to like decide, like, oh, am I going to always be this character, or do I want out? And they're just going to have to replace yeah. them. You know, like they're all they're all going to go Daniel Craig on everybody. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if they're going to all demand like big death scenes, you know, and say, I don't even yeah. want to be in a flashback yeah. after this. 
I mean, I, well, I understand Harrison Ford sort of demanded that out of the Star yeah. Wars universe, right? Like that was his sure. way out. Um, so no, and and I, you know, after last year, I don't know. I don't think that they're planning on another Thor movie, and I don't know if after this they're going to do another Ant Man movie, and. You know, the Spider-Man series has been going pretty well. That seems to be like one of the only ones that seems like it might still kind of have some legs to kind of continue. But everything else just kind of, they're starting to feel like one-offs, you know, that just aren't gelling, you know. And and I'd I'd almost rather that they just take a break for a while. I mean, you but know, it, I'd, I'd say why? the same thing with Star Wars, you know, if just, can, if you, you know can what? make billions of dollars, I mean, you got to like, keep all those thousands of people employed. I mean, these movies are still, I don't know what quantum mania is going to make, but I'll bet it's, I bet it's going to be, you know, three, 400 million, maybe two to 300 million, you know, within the next four or five months, Uh, which is, which, which is probably going to break even, right? Yeah, it might. Between, between the, the production budget and the advertising and marketing, it's, you know, because that's I as you know, what I'm hearing mm-hmm. is that's been kind of the trend lately. Is that the last few movies have not done nearly as well in terms? I mean, you know, because we talk about Endgame, and obviously maybe Endgame's not a fair comparison, but you get a couple of billion dollars back. That's not what these last several movies have been doing, yeah. and they can't really blame COVID anymore like this isn't this isn't pandemic stuff anymore this is just yeah you know they're fine and it almost seems like maybe they're just kind of gonna slide into more of a niche well it's it's I'd have to see if they made money or not because I know that all like Love and Thunder and Wakanda Forever and um Doctor Strange they all made just in the U.S. between about 300 and 450 million between like 320 and 450 and then worldwide you're like at least double that so um i don't know if any of them made it to a billion probably wakanda forever did but they're they're um that's a lot i so i I don't know i'm assuming they broke even (laughs) oh a billion's not a lot of money mark (laughs) what are you talking about i mean that's a chump change in 2023 no way home was 800 million just in the u.s i mean it became at the time like Mm -hmm. the number three all-time u.s well and i think that's the only one that's been successful in that way and that was technically a 2021 release it was december of 2021 oh no because when you asked me the question about best of 2022 i'm thinking crap yeah. No Way Home was like December right, of the yeah. previous year, so I couldn't choose that one, unfortunately. Yeah. Now, I that's I guess that's what I was what I'm kind of getting at with some with a lot of this stuff is that as much as I've enjoyed seeing the perpetuation of a lot of my favorite franchises and series over the years, I would almost rather that they kind of take a step back and just let things breathe a little bit mm-hmm. rather than just keep churning out stuff for the sake of getting stuff. Because I'm starting to feel like it's turning into more of a quantity over quality in, you know, in a lot of what, what Disney's producing both with star Wars and with Marvel. Mm. So I don't know, man, we'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see where it goes. Maybe by the time we uh, hit episode 100, we'll have a better idea of what, uh, Maybe we can look back on 
this discussion and have a, have a little more perspective and wisdom. What do you think? Yeah, we'll be in the middle of phase six oh, talking God. about <laughs> Thor five or uh, what will it be by then? Shang-Chi three. No, I don't know. Shang-Chi three. <laughs> wow. But, uh, but on that note, unless you have any closing thoughts, thanks for being such a great uh, podcast partner and uh, you know, directing to our listeners, thank you for sticking with us and listening to all of these uh, many, many hours of movie talk ramblings. If you've been with us the whole time, thank you so much. And if this is your first time, then we also thank you very much. And be sure to take the time to subscribe or give us a positive rating or whatever you find yourself presented with and we'll be back with episode number 51 be excellent to each other wherever you happen to be and we'll talk to you next time Mm -hmm.